Thank you for joining us for Outfront Magazine. My name is Michael Cisneros. Welcome. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for Outfront Magazine. My name is Michael Cisneros. This is the reading for November 12th. Today we will be reading the following articles. East Asia's Largest Ever Pride March Held in Taiwan by Claire Song. A Texas trans boy banned from playing, now allowed to participate by Oscar Leung. Poland's LGBTQ plus community has hopes for the future. East Asia's largest ever Pride March held in Taiwan. A couple of weeks ago, Taiwan's 21st annual Pride March attracted more than 180,000 participants in what was reportedly East Asia's biggest ever LGBTQ plus Pride Parade. The event, which had the theme Stand with Diversity, also celebrated several of the country's recent victories for queer rights. The Pride March had an almost 50% increase in attendance compared to the year before. Thousands traveled from neighboring countries to participate in the parade, and some even flew in from as far as the U.S. and the U.K. to celebrate and bond with their fellow queers. The celebration featured drag performances, a rainbow market, and more. However, the biggest highlight was, of course, the march. Attendees packed the streets of central Taipei, proudly waving rainbow flags in a massive parade which culminated at the city's town hall. This Pride March came on the heels of several major victories for LGBTQ plus rights in Taiwan. Just months before, Taiwanese legislature both voted to legalize queer adoption and affirmed legal recognition for same-gender couples who were married abroad. These changes, among others, are representative of the slow but steady progress towards equality in Taiwanese politics. LGBTQ plus rights in the nation have had a tumultuous past, as several attempts at marriage equality were shot down by conservative Christian advocates. Finally, in 2019, Taiwan made history as the first Asian country to legalize same-gender marriages. Nonetheless, there is still much to do in Taiwan, especially for transgender citizens. Currently, trans people are still required to undergo gender-affirming surgery before they can change gender markers on official documents. One can only hope that legislation benefit LGBTQ plus rights will continue to succeed. Indeed, the parade bore an undeniable aura of electoral politics, most notably Vice President Li Shang-Ti of the Democratic Progressive Party showed up to demonstrate his support for LGBTQ plus people in Taiwan. He marched behind a banner proclaiming democracy supports gays, amid cries of support from other parade participants becoming the highest-ranking government official to attend Taiwan Pride. Lei, who is the DPP's general candidate for January's presidential elections, says in a speech at the event, I want to explain to all my good friends that marriage equality is not the end, but the starting point of Taiwan's equal rights culture. A Texas trans boy banned from play, now allowed to participate. Max Hightower was denied by his school to play the lead male role in the school's play Oklahoma after the school's claim that the actors could only play roles that aligned with their sex at birth. 
Sherman High School, located in North Texas, serves approximately 2,100 students and is under fire after denying Hightower's lead role just days after he was cast. As a result, he will no longer be able to perform in the play. After this decision was made, the school board voted to replace the play with a one-hour youth edition of the play. However, the school board later decided to reverse their decision and revive the play, including Hightower's lead role. The decision comes about as over 60 people gathered outside the school board unsatisfied with the first decision of the significantly cutting out parts of the play. This would have meant that High Terror would only be able to sing one song. After much protest from both parents and students, the board met with an attorney and revived the full play. This is victorious for Hightower, as many schools no longer offer safe havens to trans students. While many conservative lawmakers continue to make laws against trans kids, Hightower was overjoyed at the amount of support there was for him during this difficult time. This just goes to show that love and acceptance does, in fact, exist in the world. Hightower will now be able to lead and play in one of the biggest roles for the student yet the school board apologized for the inconvenience and confusion that was caused during the time of the unknown for the play. Schools recently are under attack by conservative lawmakers whom have aimed at silencing the rights of trans kids in school districts they lead. This event is a heartwarming one as a community came together to defend a student who is proud of a role he not only deserves but has worked hard for. Poland's LGBTQ plus community has hope for the future. The worldwide discussion around LGBTQ plus rights is polarizing. While some places have taken steps backwards, many others have made many good steps towards equality and equity. Poland is one such place to have begun baby steps towards better lives for everyone. Although Poland is rather conservative and has strong ties in religion-based bigotry, last month's vote saw Poland's conservative party, the PIS, lose its majority. This resulted in more major cities such as Warsaw displaying more positivity towards the LGBTQ plus community. It is no secret or surprise that public demonization of marginalized group leads to lower mental health and higher suicide rates for said marginalized group. This is the reality that many LGBTQ plus Poles face on a daily basis. They are treated as outsiders in their own home, somewhere they should be safe. The rulings and laws made by the PIS directly contradict EU's protections for human rights, something that the European Commission has demanded Poland fix. Unfortunately, Poland completely ignored the EU and continued making discriminatory laws in areas regarding the safety and lives of LGBTQ plus people. Poland's human rights ombudsman, Marcin Wasiak, says of the epidemic of LGBT free zones that sprung up in 2019, the wording contained in these resolutions leads to stigmatization and creates an atmosphere of exclusion of LGBTQ plus people from local communities, even humiliation, and also has real legal effects, especially in the area of the possibility of absorbing EU funds. Poland currently exists in something of a limbo, although they were one of the first countries to decriminalize homosexuality, having done so in 1932. There are many LGBT-free zone areas where it is made clear that anyone who is not cisgender or straight is not welcome. 
there has been a strong fight against the free zones, and even now, due to last month's election, it is not clear whether Poland will go from here. Bay Area launches new center for LGBTQ plus immigrants. The LGBT Asylum Project in Parivar, Bay Area, have joined together to create the Center for Immigration Protection, a union that is focused on helping trans, gender nonconforming, and intersex immigrants. The Center for Immigrant Protection, or CIP, has unofficially been around since 2019, but has been officially launched on November 14th. The Parivar, Bay Area, and the LGBT Asylum Project are calling the Center for Immigration Protection an enhanced partnership. Where the Parivar Bay Area is transgender South Asian-led organization with a focus on helping trans individuals, especially trans immigrants, get proper health care, economic and social justice, and general human rights and equity. The LGBT Asylum Project is the only LGBTQ plus nonprofit with a focus on helping those who are seeking asylum from oppression. Oaken Sejin Esquire, the co-founder and now executive director of CIP, says it in a press statement, in order to meet the needs of our client and all LGBTQIA plus immigrants in our community, while they start their new lives, we are proud to officially partner with Parivar Bay Area. PBA has been providing services to trans and gender nonconforming intersex immigrants from the global south for the past five years including three years under a fiscal sponsorship, and we've been working successfully together since then. Now is the time to strengthen our partnership between the LGBT Asylum Project and PBA under the Center for Immigration Protection. To ensure that all LGBTQIA plus immigrants in our community have access to life-saving services, these services should not be limited to legal assistance, but should also address a wide range of needs, particularly those of TGNCI plus immigrants. Working beside Sengun is Anhali Rimi of Parivar, Bay Area, who was elected president of the Center for Immigration Protection. On the subject of the union between Parivar, Bay Area, and the LGBT Asylum Project, Remy says, we are proud to come together as the Center for Immigration Protection. Our commitment to tackling the unique and unaddressed needs of LGBTQIA plus immigrants sets us apart, and we are dedicated to ensuring that TGNCI plus immigrants receive the holistic support they deserve so they are able to thrive in San Francisco and beyond. Pope Francis Fires Anti-LGBTQ Bishop Joseph Strickland Pope Francis fired conservative Texas Bishop Joseph Strickland after Strickland continually attacked the Pope's recent reforms and political stances. Strickland, former bishop of the Diocese of Tyler, has been released statements condemning the Pope since July 2023. In a July 2023 statement to his followers, he wrote that the church exists not to redefine matters of the faith in a thinly veiled jab at Pope Francis. This statement included several biblical references put forward as an argument against same-gender marriage and transgender identity. The Pope has spoken his support for same-gender marriage, and recently the Vatican announced transgender individuals can be baptized. 
The Vatican conducted an investigation of Strickland from June 2022 to November 2023. After it was concluded, Strickland was relieved of his duties as Bishop of the Diocese of Tyler. As a result of the visitation, the recommendation was made to the Holy Father that the continuation in office of Bishop Strickland was not feasible. The Vatican says in an official statement, the BBC also reports that there was also an inquiry into the financial handlings of the diocese. Since the Pope's decision, there has been a right-wing outcry against the Pope. One ex-formerly Twitter user made a post post in response to the Pope's actions, saying, like a Soviet-era dictator, Pope Francis has removed BP. Joseph Strickland, another user, says the Pope has a right to exercise his power unhindered. The original poster then responds with a now well-criticized tweet that reads, really, the Pope is a dictator who has the authority to exercise unlimited power without due process. The Pope famously has papal supremacy at doctrine held by the Catholic Church that says the Pope has full, supreme, and universal power over the whole Church, a power which he can always exercise unhindered. With such a clear misunderstanding of the tenets of the Catholic religion among so-called followers, it is clear right-wing Catholics are having difficulties having their arguments taken seriously. As the Pope continues to take a more progressive stance than his predecessors, there will undeniably be more backlash against the Catholic Church and the Pope's decision. Everywhere is queer is connecting the community. For many members of our community, it is a daily struggle to find places where they feel safe, supported, validated, and authentically seen. Removing barriers to these resources and increasing their awareness Everywhere is Queer is a public resource map for LGBTQA plus and ally community members to finding welcoming and inclusive queer-owned spaces to shop, connect, eat, and learn. EIQ got its start in 2019 when founder Charlie went on a road trip over the country for one of their jobs. As a result, they were constantly seeking more inclusive places to visit as a queer person but not really finding what they were looking for. I was constantly seeking queer spaces, and when I would Google even queer New York, I was getting gay bars. And I do drink, but I wanted spaces outside of just a gay bar. Like, I've got to go eat a breakfast burrito somewhere. I was really struggling to find a resource that provided for that, Charlie says. Then, in 2021, I volunteered at Brave Trails, which is a queer youth leadership camp for 12- to 18-year-old youth, And just being in a space with 100 queer people was just so euphoric. It was so beautiful. It was when I changed my pronouns to he, they, and no one batted an eye. Soon I was like, how can I elevate the experience on a bigger scale? I was driving back to Boulder, Colorado, where I lived at the time, and they thought of EIQ and this worldwide map of queer-owned businesses, because if queer people can find these places, I can't guarantee that they're a safe space, but I hope that they're a safe space for them. Since its start, the map has helped countless community members find resources near them, with over 5,500 different businesses ranging from tattoo and piercing parlors to helping you connect with a trans accountant or an LGBTQ-owned herbalism collective. Charlie shares that their favorite thing about EIQ has 
been the hundreds, if not thousands, of messages on social media platforms that reaffirm the importance of having a resource like this accessible. You've inspired my wife and I, Charlie reads from the messages. We just took a road trip across the country because we were able to find safer spaces, and we were so scared. And they said they would have never done this without the resource, someone said. I just wanted to say how happy I am that I found this Instagram account. I've been wanting their laser therapy for my top surgery scars. And through your Instagram, I found a super inclusive place one mile away from my house, someone said. I got to help a friend find an affirming gym in the area, which is like, I am so scared to go to the gym, Charlie shares. I found a queer-owned gym because of my own resource, and now I go to a queer-owned gym. Having available resources like the map featured on the EIQ website is both crucial and impactful for several reasons. For one thing, it can help members of the community discover what kind of resources they have near them, and it can additionally be used to create a deeper sense of community through various programming and different outreach organizations. Just about a month ago, I did a collaboration with Patagonia, which has basically a call-out. Patty's team sponsored a category on my map for queer-serving community groups and nonprofits. Your queer chamber of commerces, your queer birding groups, your queer chess club, your queer pickleball league. We all want these communities' queer spaces on the map. So if someone doesn't want to go to the coffee shop, they can maybe find in their community an activity that they like to do. On a recent trip back to Colorado, Charlie shares how they've been able to utilize the EIQ resource. I knew that Colorado was queer-friendly and had spaces, but again, I got like Charlie's and all these spaces that are queer bars, and I knew that there was more than that. I wanted to go to a queer yoga spot. I wanted a queer gym, and so I released EIQ when I wasn't living in Colorado, so I didn't get to really live it in Colorado, but coming back, I was able to pull up my map, and I went and got a sandwich at Lindsay's Deli in Boulder, and I went to Town Hall Collective in Denver, and I recorded uh, Dyktopia's podcast. It was really cool to use my own resource to connect with queer people and spaces. Anyone can access this worldwide map of queer-owned businesses by going to the EIQ website, everywhereisqueer.com, or by accessing the map on the soon-to-be-released EIQ mobile app. Until then, updates and other announcements will be made on the EIQ Instagram page. Community Mourns Killing of Mexico's First Non-Binary Magistrate Jesus Peña became the first non-binary magistrate in Mexico. On the day of their election in early October of 2022, they advocated for LGBTQ rights in a country lacking protections and having little acknowledgement for queer individuals. Despite same-gender marriage being legalized that same year, there continue to be reports of hate crimes with no punitive action taken. The hateful rhetoric results in members of the community being met with violence and often death. Benya's seat in office gave recognition to non-binary individuals in a very public sector. This made them no stranger to threats of death sent their way. They had publicly addressed these threats in various instances, most notably after the murder of another prominent queer activist, Ulysses Salvador Neva, who was found with multiple gunshot wounds. 
Peña spoke to the press on the death of their comrade, stating, This is an unprecedented and tragic event in the land of good people. We demand the prosecutors to seek justice. The state prosecutor has announced the cause of death of Benya to be a murder-suicide carried out by their partner, Dorian Herrera, in their home in Agua Salientes. However, the Mexican authorities have become notorious for crimes against LGBTQ people to be dubbed a crimes of passion instead of delving into the investigation. After the death of Benya on November 13th, marches amassed throughout Mexico to demand a proper investigation into their death. The marches have called for justice for other deaths in the community as well, much like Benya did for Neva. Jesus Peña not only made strides with their election, they worked on achieving the ability to access a gender-neutral marker on personal identification documents. They became one of the first people to receive a gender-neutral passport. The judge also garnered a gender-neutral title for their position, magistrate. Marches have continued since Monday in Mexico, and the investigation remains ongoing. The death of Benya is an ache resounding across the community. The Uncertain Future of the Historic Kinsey Institute the future of Indiana University's historic Kinsey Institute for Research in Sex, Gender, and Reproduction remains uncertain as the university's board of trustees delays a vote to separate themselves from the institution. For 75 years, the, Kins the Kinsey Institute was an integral part of the University of Indiana's famous the world over for their study of human sexuality. It should come as a shock to no one that the vote comes after state lawmakers blocked public funding for the institute. The Kinsey Institute has long been a target for conservative culture warriors, even going back to the organization's founding in the 1940s. The Kinsey Institute and the research of its founder, Alfred Kinsey, revolutionized the academic fields of sexology and human sexuality, topics that are still considered taboo. However, the threat of defunding turned into a reality earlier this year after freshman Republican lawmaker Larissa Sweet rammed through an amendment cutting any state funds from going to the Institute. Sweet repeated baseless conspiracy theories that Kinsey researched have been conducting sexual experiments on children. Sweet has continued to falsely accuse the Institute of Harboring Child Predators, a new tactic of the alt-right to demonize the LGBTQ plus community and their allies. Despite the claims of the Kinsey Institute's malfeasance being fabricated, the Indiana legislature went ahead and approved the amendment prohibiting state funds from going to this institute. Most of the Kinsey Institute's money comes from grants receiving about $2 million a year from the university. Although IU says the financial impact from the state law is negligible, the university has proposed breaking away from the Kinsey Institute. If this were to happen, the institute would become a nonprofit handling administrative details for the center without university money, all while the Kinsey collection should remain at IU. The president of the University of Indiana, Pamela Witten, released a statement before announcing the delay. I look forward to our collaboration as we ensure that the Kinsey Institute continues as a beacon of academic freedom at IU for decades to come, Witten says. The proposed separation has researchers and supporters of the Kinsey Institute worried. There is concern that turning the Institute into a separate entity 
would make it more vulnerable to political attacks looking to undermine its research. Furthermore, the potential loss of grant funding and control over the management of the Institute's valuable collection of arts and artifacts could further cripple the research center economically. The threat to the Kinsey Institute has been met with public outcry from university faculty, students, and the wider community. One online position lobbying the university to maintain its relationship with the Kinsey Institute gathered over 7,000 signatures ahead of the scheduled vote. Jennifer Bass, the former communications director of the Kinsey Institute, created the petition and says that it should send a message to the board of trustees that the plan to divorce the institute from the university is short-sighted. Supporters have called out lawmakers' blatant homophobia and assault on academic freedom in the hopes of swaying the university. However, even the mounting support for the institution, the future of this historic research center remains uncertain as it lies in the hands of the University of Indiana's Board of Trustees. OFM Gallery, Slater Club Valentine Tour. OFM saw the one and only Slater at Summit Denver on November 6th for her Club Valentine Tour alongside her opener, Bailey. She gave a performance that had Denver screaming for more, and as an icon in the queer community, her audience was slain to say the least. Her energy was contagious, and the crowd was dancing all night. Not only was her performance incredible, her unique set featured a rug and a chair, making it seem like you were watching her from a living room. She performed songs from her album, Starfucker 2023, and hits from her past release, Troubled Paradise 2021 and Slater 2019. Slater began releasing music in 2019 when her hit single, Mine, came out. Her music can be described as pop dance music that channels a Y2K feel, reminiscent of the early 2000s hits, and icons like Britney Spears. She really is a pop princess, and it was a pleasure to see her live. Thank you again for joining us for Outfront Magazine. My name is Michael Cisneros. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777. Thank you again for joining us for Outfront Magazine. My name is Michael Cisneros.